very much um, for joining us today for our GLOBE podcast and I'm so excited to have Professor Siobhan O'Neill on with us today to have a chat about mental health and empowerment. Um, so um, Siobhan, I've been following you for a while now, um, the last couple of years and I think, you know, what I just love about, you know, reading your tweets and, you know, what you put on Facebook and social media, um, it's just your passion for mental health within Northern Ireland. Um, so that's why I wanted to get you on, um, just to um, have a wee chat to our listeners about mental health and the importance of empowerment within Northern Ireland. Um, you know, so we're not experts here at GLOW about anything, but we're just trying to get, you know, experts on to be able to talk about all this stuff. So I think you are definitely the, the best person to get on to talk about mental health and empowerment within Northern Ireland. So. For, even for myself personally, I'm um, glad just to have you on, just to have a wee chat, um, just to, to glean some um, expertise from yourself as well. So thank you for joining us. Um, so I just really want to ask you then, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are so passionate about mental health. Oh, so I'm um, I'm a single mother. I've got a wee three-year-old. <laughs> I always start with that. That's kind of the best thing now is, is looking after this little toddler. And she's um, her name's Annabelle and she's amazing. Um, I live out in the country. I live out between Derry and Belfast in a place called Craig Van. So we've got a house in the hills. And I've just been for a run this morning. So I'm feeling really energized. I was um, I was born and raised here. I went away to study in Galway and Belfast, as a lot of people do, and traveled a lot. Um, but I've made this my home and it's a place where I want to raise my child. And, and therefore, it's really important that I'm part of um, creating a really good Northern Ireland for, for my wee daughter. When I was growing up, um, there was the troubles all, all around us. You know, we, we really were quite shielded for, from it in many ways. But I think it did affect our view of ourselves and what we did. And my parents were certainly um, very, very worried about even sending me to schools in the city and things like that. So um, those were very, very bad times for Northern Ireland. And I know there are a lot of people suffered significantly. And through my research, um, I found that there's a lot of mental health uh, problems that that originated in the, in the troubles and also the deprivation and the poverty that existed at that time you know um, so I, I've studied that over the last 20 years I've been a professor um, yeah. well, I've been a doctor for 20 years and a professor for about the last seven years um, so I've studied all of this stuff and I've come to the realization that, that these are conditions that can be treated that our mental health is within our control um, yeah and that there's so much we can do. So we need to start doing it. We need to start creating a better Northern Ireland. And one of the things that will help us do that is address the mental health problems that people have and empower people to, to manage their own well-being. Yeah, that, that's really good point, you know, saying that it, that it is in our control. Um, you know, one of the things that we teach within our program is look what's in your control and look what is out of your control. Many people don't realize that they have got so many things within their control that they can do stuff about it. So I think, you know, the whole empowerment thing is so important because once people are empowered and they realize they have got choices, then they can start to make those choices for, for themselves. Um, within GLOW, like we don't, when we're doing our programs, we don't tell people what they need to do. You know, we don't stand up and go, right, here's the answers, you know, to all your problems. But we show them options and we say, okay, what works for you might not work for somebody else. 
but here's the options you know that that um you can take and see if it works for you so i think that's that's a good point you know um that people have got control and can take control of their own lives you're absolutely right. All of the choices and decisions that we make in every moment and every second that we're alive influence the future for us. They influence how we think and how we feel. Um, so things like what, what we eat for breakfast, what, yeah. we decide, you know, what we decide to wear is really important, I think, and influencing our well-being. So all the things that we have control over, we, we can make choices there that will either serve us well or maybe not so well. Um, but I think we need to be in a really calm place in order to make good choices. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes that's really difficult. And if people have had a lot of trauma and pain and loss in their lives, it's very, very difficult for them to be in that calm place where they're able to logically make good choices for themselves. And that is where I would say you need a little bit of help as well. If you have difficulty making choices um, and if there are constraints and you're just not able to choose in the moment um, to, to, to do things that are going to be good for you, then there's there's lots of help out there that will help get you back to that place where um, you can make positive decisions and problem solve um, and, and help yourself out of situations you're in that might be difficult for you. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So like I say, GLOW is all about empowering women and girls with, with confidence and self-esteem. Um, and many of the, the young girls that we work with could be as young as 10 years old. You know, we get referrals in from CAMS and mental health services um, for young girls. Sometimes we get in younger than age 10, but you know, we obviously have to have a cutoff age. So 10 would be the youngest that we take them in. And I think what our focus is, is that it's like an early intervention for young girls, um, and, you know, sort of try and prevent mental health, you know, issues. The reason why we started working with girls is because we had many women coming through and saying that they wish they had have had something like this when they were younger. Um, it's not gonna take the problems away, but it's equipping people with the tools to be able to deal with the issues that happen. Um, so how important do you think it is for early intervention to help prevent mental health? Oh, it's absolutely vital. There's so much we can do at, at those first, um, particularly in the first few years, but it'll go, go beyond primary school and into secondary school. There's still lots of what we call neuroplasticity, which means the brain can really change and we can actually make make changes at a neurological level that change how we feel and how we think and whether or not then we're more likely to get mental illness as a result of that. So there's lots of things we can do to train our brains to behave in a positive way and to do things and to help us make those good choices. So the neuroplasticity thing is so, so vital. Um, and what we're finding is that that ability to emotionally regulate, to control your stress response so we all get that fight or flight those sort of uh, uh, worried feelings whenever things happen to us our ability to manage those and deal with them and get ourselves back down and that is absolutely crucial mm -hmm. and it's biological you know some people are really reactive and they just can't help it and often that's related to things that have happened to them as children but yeah. we can actually start to turn that around mm -hmm. um so that's where so strategies like mindfulness living in the moment learning how to breathe learning how to move our bodies away from fight or flight back down into safe and social those are so so important because it helps us cope with stress yeah how we react to stress that influences whether we get a mental health problem so the earlier we get those pathways set up the better you know and we can but there's always room for change 
you know, yeah. I learned about this stuff when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you can always change how you respond to stress throughout the lifespan. But if we do it early, we are just setting setting our gears and women up for really positive, healthy, happy lives. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's simple enough stuff, you know, um, like we don't need to know about the brain. I suppose we don't need to know about the neuroplasticity, although I love reading about all that stuff as well, you know, and how the brain can change. And um, But we, we all don't need to know that to be able to do the simple things to make those changes um you know like i always say to the women there's no magic wand to wave there's no right or wrong way um we have to find out what what's good for ourselves and it is it's just those simple things like being in a calm situation breathing and being in the moment um you know so we all don't need to be professors you know to be able to, to change your mental health sure we don't <laughs> we definitely don't and i struggle myself sometimes you know and, and i like i had depression myself like 10 years ago after i got divorced i just sank right down deep into this hole that i just couldn't get out of without some help yeah. um, so you know we're, we're all kind of prone when stress happens to us our bodies react but i think it's important to know that it's a biological reaction so we need to be very kind to ourselves when it happens. We can't yeah. beat ourselves up. You know, even if we, we engage in bad behavior or we do things that aren't us really, it's just our animal brain reacting. So I think for me, that's the main point of the biological stuff is to know that at the, at the end of the day, this is our bodies. It's a sign our bodies are working well, but we need to work with our bodies and then start to be able to manage our own brains, you know, and bring ourselves back down. And it's just a matter of whenever we're right up there and high anxious, we need to get back down somewhere. Yeah. And it's different for for different people it could be music exercise watching a tv program phoning a friend we just but, but it's that awareness of we're up here we can't make we can't problem solve yeah. we need to be down we need to be calm then we can problem solve and then then we can start to work out all of the options that we have you know but when we're stuck in a depression or a highly anxious state we can't get back down and we can't see the wood for the trees yeah. and we're making really really bad choices for ourselves yeah, no, they're really good points. I'm going to be taking notes when I'm going back <laughs> and recording here later on. Um, so this is just a weak quote that I had got when I was sort of looking at, you know, mental health and that. So health inequalities are the unfair and avoidable differences in the health of people in our society. And these imbalances mean that no one's health is as good as it could be in Northern Ireland. So do you see the inequalities within Northern Ireland? And do you see it maybe especially within a certain group, like maybe women or men or whatever? Oh, this is such an important point because um, we're talking about empowerment and how we have a level of control over our mental health. But we do have to recognize that the, this, the communities and the families and the, the places that we live and the environment that we exist in does provide us with constraints. It does hold us back in some ways. You know, if we had all the money in the world, we wouldn't have to work so we could be, you know, we could exercise, we could do everything. We still wouldn't be happy, by the way, <laughs> you know, but um, living in poverty is a huge stress. You know, if you're depending on benefits, um, and I'm thinking as, as a mummy, like if I didn't have enough money to pay a really good childminder so that I could go off and do my work, you know, my mental health would be compromised there too. Um, and I, I know I'm speaking from a position of privilege as, as a white woman. I don't face the discrimination that other groups face, you know, and I don't have that level of stress. So in many ways, if you are living in a privileged situation, then you have less stressors to deal with. You know, we ha I have play parks. 
um, like within a couple of miles, I have a nice garden. I'm able to pay my mortgage. I don't have those pressures. Um, so, so it's really important that we continue to fight inequality and injustice and discrimination um, wherever we see it, but also recognize that Northern Ireland is becoming a better place. Okay. We're starting to recognize this stuff. There are places where people who feel discriminated against can find their tribe and can be accepted and online um online stuff <laughs> websites social media can provide us with a way of connecting with others who are like us you know so th there are privileges that we have but i do recognize and sometimes the trauma that people have suffered in their childhood is really really difficult for them to get away from and they need mental health services and if they're in a waiting list, list then that's a problem as well so What's having this message of empowerment is great and also working to develop mental health services to make to make it better for particularly for young people who've ended up using drink and drugs yeah. to cope with this stuff. You know, as many young people do, I, I know that they have difficulty getting the services that they need. Um, if they want a counselling type service, it's, it's really difficult for somebody who's using drugs to get that service. So that's a problem that we're trying to address. But a lot of us have many, many choices that we can make for, for ourselves. And it's about working out what we can control yeah. and leaving aside what we can't control and knowing the difference between those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like, you know, empowerment obviously is a big thing, you know, um, I don't even think we, we realise, you know, um, how much we've got in our control that we can be empowered ourselves and how we can empower others and how that this will help us with our mental health. So I think empowerment and mental health definitely do go hand in hand, even just listening to you talking, you know, it's those simple things that give us the power to help our mental health. So I had got this week quote as well from one of the papers that was on your website and I forgot to write down who the paper was by, I don't think it was you, um, it was Mental Health and Empowerment. Um, so I'll just read it here. Um, so for the individual, the empowerment process means overcoming a state of powerlessness and gaining control of one's life. The process starts with individually defined needs and ambitions and focuses on the development of capacities and resources that support it. The empowerment of individuals is intended to help them adopt self-determination and autonomy, exert more influence on social and political decision-making processes and gain increased self-esteem. Is that your work? <laughs> oh, I don't think I've written that. It's brilliant no. much too. <laughs> for me. No, no, that, that's, but it's such a lovely quote, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's I, I would call it, you're calling it empowerment. For me, it's about goal setting and thinking about what people really want as well. Um, and what they need to do to get to that point. Yeah. And choosing realistic goals as well. So I might decide I want to be a, a famous rock star at this yeah. stage. Like, you know what? It's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I might like the idea of being a supermodel, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm doing all right, but that, that ain't going to happen either. So yeah. it's about setting ourselves realistic goals yeah. and thinking about not what's going to make us happy because that's kind of what will make us happy is um, different from what will make us yeah. satisfied, you know, and challenged, just challenged enough. Um, and a few years ago, I decided I was a single woman after a divorce. Like I decided I wanted to be a mother. Yeah. And, and that for me was like, this is the goal that I want. And it's, it's a tricky goal. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I had to do to get there. Um, but with, with the right support, I was able to do step by step by step. Yeah. yeah. And 
and it worked for me. Um, you know, and equally, especially young women, my goodness, you know, your, your youth is just yeah. there, there for you. You have years and years and years to do this stuff. I decided I wanted to be a mummy when I was like 40. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's really... <laughs> it's never too late but sure it's not it's well it's never too late but we you know you've got to you've got to think through your goals yeah of course well. you have to be realistic hi but but a lot of goals are achievable and some of them aren't achievable you yeah. know what and, and it's about getting the right support so that you can achieve your goals and working out what you know the difference between what you can change and what you can't change and the ability to actually just not think about the stuff you can't change which yeah. can be hard if the stuff that you can't change is a loss that you've had or somebody that's wronged you or a trauma yeah. then you need to work through that to be able to leave that to the side and really focus on what what you can change within your life and and the options do you know what you see whenever you realize the options that you have yeah it's nearly overwhelming yeah you know, and it's about, and I hear that from groups on the ground, you know, it's not that there's nothing, it's almost like there's too many things, mm, yeah. what to choose and what to focus on, Yeah. you know, they're bombarded with all this stuff, so really think about what, what are your goals, or what do you stand for is a good way, what, what is it that, that makes you tick, what is it that yeah. makes you life? Yeah. yeah, I trained as a life coach back in 2014 and 15, you know, so a lot of what we do within Glow in our programs are life coaching tools. So just listening to what you're saying, I'm like, um, we're, we're doing the, we're doing the right thing within Glow, you know, because sometimes I'm like, right, I'm not an expert in these fields. Um, but, and there's women coming in, very vulnerable women, you know, um, but what you're saying is we're just about empowering, we're helping them to set realistic goals. We're asking them what makes you tick, you know, what gives you that buzz. And some of them don't even realize it, but it's just through conversation with them. They might say, mention something, and then you see a smile on their face, and then you go, that's your buzz. And then it's like that light bulb moment. And once they get that buzz, then they start to develop that. Um, you know, so that that's my buzz as well, you know, with seeing other people get that that light bulb moment. Um, and I suppose it's even confirmation for for me within Glow that I think what we're doing is is right you know where we create that safe space for the women um so that's what i was going to ask in about empowerment and setting goals um really i think you've answered it but you know what specifically then can women do to be able to feel empowered um you know and how will this then positively affect their families and I suppose the wider community well i think um it's it, sometimes it's really hard to whenever you're given that freedom of what what do you really want because as women many of us live our lives for other people so they yeah. do things because we're we're expected or our parents a lot of us are still just trying to please our parents you know yeah and we have this idea that we should be like somebody in social media or we're looking for a role model and we don't really accept ourselves and we don't really love ourselves. Yeah. You know? And it's so important that we have that. And I think that is the first thing you really have got to just be able to look at yourself and go, you know what, you deserve the best here. You yeah. deserve a good life. Let's think about what that's going to be for you, what that's going to look like. And for many women who've, who've suffered trauma, this is that process in and of itself is, is a huge shift. Feeling yeah. worthwhile, feeling worthy. Yeah. You know? Even if they've done ter even if you've done terrible things, it's the yeah. biological animal brain that that's what it is. You're under pressure, you're under stress. Now let's problem solve. But so so it all starts with that self worth. 
Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not about being great or being a princess or be, it's about yeah. you are a valuable part of this whole system. You know, without you, this world would be very, very different regardless yeah. of your view of yourself right now. Um, so, so let's work out what your best contribution can be. Yeah. Um, but that can I'm sure that can take a few sessions to get people oh in. yeah definitely yeah. whenever there's not a lot of stuff in the background that can take a while to get to that point oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we tell them you know it's not going to happen overnight it's a it's a lifestyle change and this you know things have to happen every day it's like breaking a habit it takes 21 days I think to create a new habit and like longer to break an old habit you know so it's breaking that habit of negative thinking and putting yourself down and then creating a new habit of positive thinking and and loving yourself um yeah, and your self-talk is so important that's you know if you start to get women and girls to think about what messages they're telling themselves yeah are those messages true and, and real what are those thoughts? What are those thoughts about? Where are they coming from? And are they accurate? And get them to be managers of their own thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then you can start to, to think about the shifts. And slowly but surely, it'll just happen. You know, yeah. people, people stop drinking. They stop eating so much. They do start exercising because they value themselves. And it's yeah. not about preaching to anybody. It's about, you know, people, when they really start to value themselves and have goals that they really want to work towards, all of those other things will happen. But as I say, for, you know, for some women, you're, you're coming, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of work to do to get yeah. to that. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, we're all coming at this. And, and it doesn't matter if you're 30 or 80 or 13, yeah. you know, there's yeah. always room. There's always time. There's always things that you can do to make life a bit better and to flourish. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so, so powerful. Um, so you're Northern Ireland mental health champion. Um, so tell us just what this means then and what is your hope for mental health within Northern Ireland? So there's three parts to my role. The first part is to be the a public advocate. So that's to represent people on the ground who have um, experience of using services, who have had issues with services, and also to find out what success has looked like and what works well in Northern Ireland's mental health services. Um, that, that also includes groups like um, activist groups, young persons groups, pure mental, elephant in the room, those sorts of groups. I'm talking to them to get an idea of what they want to see in um, Northern Ireland's mental health services. The second part then is working with the government to develop policies. So I'm working on the um, the, the the policy around the, the mental health strategy, the new 10 year strategy. We're writing it right now. So we're gathering people's views and making sure that that strategy contains um, the stuff that people want. And also because I'm a professor, I'm looking at the evidence and what's mm -hmm. working in other places and the models that we can bring in. So um, it's marrying those two together um, yeah. and designing with a whole load of other people. It's not just me doing this, like I'm sitting in groups here, there and everywhere, but try to feed in all the time and, and make that strategy um, the best it can be so that we, we will have good mental health services and then we ask for money to fund it so I don't I don't get to set the, the budget or anything like that we design it we design it so that it's really really good and then we, we get it funded and, and the ministers are all supportive of that approach the third bit is doing stuff like this participating yeah. in a public conversation about mental health and helping people understand what's what they can do for themselves what the services um, can do for them and to have the discussions about issues such as the pandemic you know how is that impacting mental health what are we going to do should we be closing schools again i would say no because it's that huge impact on on young people's mental yeah. health yeah um, 
you know, so, so there, but loneliness is an issue for older people as well yeah. in a pandemic and people are really struggling. Um, so, so having that public conversations, getting messages out, this is a great opportunity to talk to young women and girls. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so getting those messages out there is the third part of my role. So yeah. I'm very busy, but I've got staff um, who are probably just, there's, it's a bit chaotic at the minute because I'm doing all these things. Yeah, working everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm working from home a lot, which, which is nice. Yeah. I can go back and pick up my kids and have yeah. lovely dinners with her and spend a wee yeah. bit more time. Yeah, I know, that's good. So then, yeah. just to, to finish then, what is your hope for mental health in Northern Ireland? You, you say that, you know, obviously the government and that are recognising, you know, the issues and people like yourself then are able to speak out a wee, a, more about it, engaging more organisations. Um, what is your hope for mental health within Northern Ireland? I think we're, what we're trying to do is build a world-leading mental health service. So that would be my hope. Yeah, brilliant, yes towards that as possible within the next 10 years yeah. um but during that process i want i want the world to understand how resilient we are mm -hmm. and the strengths that we have as a population and the resilience that our young people bring us as well um we've been through a lot here which means we have a lot of experience of adversity and hardship which in a way has set us up so that we're better able to cope with situations like pandemics mm -hmm. you know there's there is evidence that whenever you have a bit of hardship that your brain's wired for problem solving and then you get that bit better at managing stress because you're familiar with it, you know? Yeah. So, so let's use those strengths and let's recast Northern Ireland and change the story that we're telling the world about Northern Ireland because it is actually a story of uh, uh, resilience through adversity and hardship and a triumph over our really, really troubled past. And that's what our young people represent. So I, I want to address the problems, but also tell a positive story for a change because because that's actually the real picture too yeah and and that's what i've been getting from you obviously is the yes mental health is you know so detrimental and, and negative but you can um you put a positive spin on it you know because you you're finishing it off by going yes we've got that control we've got that power we recognize the issues and we're doing something about it which mm -hmm. i think is is um fantastic so um thank you so much siobhan for taking the time today i could talk to you all day about it to learn more about the neuroplasticity and how the brain changes and um because I'm, I'm really fascinated with all that um but it's definitely helped me um to understand a wee bit more about the importance of empowerment and helping women to set positive realistic goals to to better help their mental health and how vital it is to help young people at an early age um, to overcome these these issues that we're going to face. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you want to finish off by saying? No, just thank you for all the amazing work you're doing. When I, when I was studying this stuff, I wanted to work with people on the ground and, yeah. and make a difference. And I have just so much respect and admiration for you. So thanks a million for being just a great role model. We need to be good role models for, for yeah. young women and girls and, and yeah. to give them something to aspire to. And there you are living it. So thanks a million, Carol. Oh, thank you very much, Siobhan. Thank you. Well, I'll let you get back to your busy schedule anyway. And thank you for taking the time. And I'm hopefully bump into you at some point anyway. And just remember, you know, Glow is here. And if there's anything, you know, questions, if you want to come down and speak to any of our women, you know, we're happy to arrange anything like that. Oh, you know, we, we definitely should do that. Not for a couple of months, because we're doing strategy work right now, but in the new year, it'll yeah. be just lovely. Whenever we can get back out and about again, it will be yeah. lovely to go down and visit yes. um, a, a group of your young women and girls just yeah. to, 
to hear from them as well yeah. to find out what the crack is and what because you know I'm kind of an old woman sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the country I'd love to know from them what, what's what's going on you know what should I be doing for them yeah. so um, let's arrange that for, yeah. for the new, for the new year when we're all able to travel safely yes. and everything again Brilliant. All thank right. you so much Siobhan take care have a nice day thank you bye-bye bye bye